This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. We've got a good show today, one that I've been looking forward to all week. Uh, and then we have some breaking news that we're actually going to open with. Over on the uh, Major League Fishing side, press release came down, kind of clarifying some long-awaited rumors in regards to the uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, which is now the Invitationals. That's what we're going to get into. But then after, uh, after the opening segment, we are going to talk to a couple of of young men who have a national championship trophy now. Andrew Vereen and Connor Cartmel. Uh, they got the job done in the strike. I got to take a deep breath here. Here we go. The Strike King Bassmaster College Series National Championship presented by Bass Pro Shops on Winya Bay. Uh, like a little over 40 pounds there uh, over the three days to, to, keep, uh, to keep the trophy close to home. Uh, Coastal Carolina anglers. So we're going to get them on, talk about what it's like to be national champions, get to celebrate. I think they're both seniors. They might be 21. I don't know what they do. They might have been able to drink a couple cold ones together before that, and now then they're arch rivals now because there's a chance that only one of them would go to the Bassmaster Classic. We'll talk about that. The bracket kicks off for that uh, for that striking uh, national championship bracket here in a couple weeks. But uh, coming down the pipeline was a press release. I think it came out yesterday from uh, Major League Fishing. And I talked with a couple uh, people uh, over there at Major League Fishing. And uh, in all honesty, there had been a lot of rumors about what was going to happen to the uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit in 2023. Uh, 2022, obviously, uh, it, had, it had been kind of status quo for the last couple of years. There was a little bit of discrepancy as far as who is going to uh, qualify for the BPT, whether it was a two-year average or a one-year average. It has been a one-year average the last couple of years. But there is some major revamping going on with the pro circuit next year and uh, I've got a bunch of notes I'm going to compare it a little bit and I'm just going to get through it in five minutes and kind of tell the differences all right uh based on the uh press release that came out I'll just read the first line of it major league fishing announced the formation of a new qualifying series that will launch in spring of 2023 the MLF invitationals so FLW tour gone MLF Pro Circuit, gone. It is now the era of the MLF Invitationals. The Invitationals will feature six events in 2023 and serve as the sole qualifying circuit for the MLF Bass Pro Tour. So, starting next year, uh, this will be what was the FLW Tour, then the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit will now be the MLF Invitationals. All right, couple of major changes in the Invitational. I see I had a tough time even calling it the pro circuit i still wanted to call it the tour now i got to call it the invitationals uh going to three days 150 angler field three days full field fishes two days top 50 anglers fish a third day and then they hand out the trophy so uh cutting a day so six less days of competition uh the other thing that has been reduced in that is the payout uh it is top 50 out of the 150, based on 150, we'll get paid. Uh, last year on the 2022 uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, the top 50 were paid 10,000, then 51 through 60th paid 5,500, then 61 through 75th paid 5,000. Uh, so that is going to be cut to just the top 50 getting paid. Uh, and the top 30 will receive a $10,000 check. And then below that, I believe 30 to 50th will receive an $8,000 check. So uh, I believe last year there was almost uh, or over $6 million uh, that was paid out through the six 
regular season events, which is roughly a million dollars per event. This year, I believe it's six hundred fifty per event. Uh, Thirty nine, three million nine hundred thousand for the entire year. So about a two million dollar cut. Uh, in payout. Uh, now, I do need to note that the entry fees this year have reduced $833. It was $5,833 last year. Uh, this year, it is down to $5,000 entry fee, uh, dropping almost $1,000 for that. But here's the kicker, the big thing. Uh, there is no title. There is no cup. There is no championship. It is gone, nixed, no more, sayonara, see ya. Uh, the winner of each event and then the overall angler of the year at the end of the year uh, will get an invite to Redcrest now. Uh, still, I believe, a $300,000 payout at uh, Redcrest, a ton of uh, a ton of money available at Redcrest. But instead of having the top 48 pros based on the six pro circuit qualifying events that got to fish for, uh, for the hundreds of thousands of dollars and the guaranteed check in the championship, that's gone. Now only eight of those anglers will move on. And I would assume if you win the, the angler of the year and also win an event, that would only be seven or six, depending. I don't know how they're going to do double qualifiers, but that is a big blow in addition to the reduction of the total purse. Uh, the good thing, and, and there were a lot of rumors floating around over the last couple uh, weeks as to uh, how this field would be made up, is they have not, cut anybody who qualified for the 2023 uh, invitational. So if you were going to fish on the 2023 pro circuit, they're still honoring all that. I believe uh, it's like 123 spots that includes uh, uh, the Toyota guys, the guys who requalified. And then the rest of the field will be made up of uh, BPT pros. We've seen a BPT pro uh, Michael Neal uh, back-to-back angler of the year on the uh, pro circuit. Uh, which is now the Invitationals. Uh, we've seen Justin Lucas, a number of guys, Ski Reese, Bobby Lane, guys who finished in the top 10 in that. Uh, so there will be uh, BPT guys that make up the remainder of that field to get to uh, the 150 mark. Uh, the other thing that is a positive about this is the uh, weights will not be zeroed, I believe. Um, there will be no zeroing of the weights. I hope I didn't have that wrong. It'll be... Yeah, I don't see anything about that. Um, yeah, it's just a it's just a uh, uh, two days, and then the top fifty uh, five fish limit. You're still weighing all your fish in, and that, and then uh, the so so the good thing is it says every day of competition will now be broadcast uh, will be broadcast on MLF now and streamed on Major League Fishing app, uh, My Outdoor TV, MajorLeagueFishing.com. Each event will also air on the CBS network with 13 consecutive weeks of two-hour shows scheduled in 2023. So uh, they did not lose any uh, any airtime as far as that. I know that was one of the things that they were talking about, possibly having to uh, cut some airtime. But uh, less money, no championship, less entry fee, less payout. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it's a I got to say, it's a step back, man. It's not It's not growth, which is obviously what you're always looking for in this sport. Uh, we will see if it's a, a, a necessary step. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. I also know that over on the bass side, there's some major revamping coming down the pipeline with the Bassmaster Opens. They obviously announced on bass side that you have to fish all nine now to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series uh, through the point systems. Uh, and I think that in the next week or two, we will see schedules for uh, both the MLF and the Bassmaster side. I know Bassmaster uh, released their uh, Elite Series schedule. I think you're going to see schedules come out in the near future for uh, MLF as well as the Bassmaster Opens, as well as possibly some revamping of uh, open structure payout qualifying field size, all sorts of possibilities there. Like I said, no official press release on that from the Bass side, so we'll talk about that uh, when that press release comes out. All right, one more thing, and then we'll get to the fun stuff, which is talking about successful college kids who are winning thousands of dollars and have a chance to go to the Bassmaster Classic, is I also received uh, several concerned uh, messages, notes, comments, emails from uh, primarily Minnesotan anglers who are uh, very adept and know the uh, laws up in Minnesota when it comes to pursuing and capturing largemouth and smallmouth bass. I don't think there's any spotted bass in Minnesota. Could be wrong. don't think there is, though. 
Uh, and they noted, and I got a message from someone, is a couple guys using a, a double fluke rig, a donkey rig, or the deal in MLF where you can take a penalty if you see fish down, you can pick up another rod and drop it. Well, that's all fine and dandy. A lot of states have either, you know, you can use two, three, four rods in the water at the same time. You can use two, three, four hooks. Minnesota, uh, very conservation-minded, has a one rod per angler rule and also has a one hook, one bait per rule. So if you want to use like a umbrella Alabama rig type deal. It's like one hook and then blades. You can't have like teaser baits or anything. So that's like donkey rigs. You hook one, you want to catch another fish that's swimming around it. You can't drop down a second one. It was on live. There were a couple anglers who were doing that. Uh, I talked to uh, some uh, uh, people at, at MLF. And they said, hey, we were not aware of this going in. You know, they'd had the meeting, the tournament director, the rule stuff. Uh, it was brought to their attention and they've, they, have had to go through a lot of channels to get the proper answers on this. And uh, it's a very gray area. We'll say that right now. And I think uh, looking uh, look for MLF to have some sort of statement press release within the next 24 hours about it. I don't think it's going to result in any sort of DQ or anything. It might result in, in a, uh, uh, some citations or fines or something, but they are working with numerous people from, uh, the Minnesota, I don't know, they call it the Department of Wildlife or DNR up there uh, to make sure that they're doing everything right there and their guys are doing everything right there. So uh, they're aware of it. They're working on that deal. And I, I didn't know that, just one rod or anything. It didn't would never occur to me being from Oklahoma. So that's what's going on there. A lot of logistics, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of numbers and things going on in the Bassmaster and the uh, MLF world right now. So let's bring in a couple of guys who are just getting into it, and they're right in the middle of this thing now, coming off of a uh, September 4th victory on Winya Bay. It is Coastal Carolina Senior. Is it University of Coastal Carolina or it's CCU? So Coastal Carolina University. Yes, the Chanticleers? Chanticleers. Chanticleers. Yes, sir. Uh, two seniors. That would be, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube on the, on the, uh, left of your screen would be Andrew Vereen. And then on the right would be Connor Cartmel. And I'm sure you don't care what you're called as long as you're called national champions. Right guys. That's the truth, man. Do you guys follow the industry at all? Or do you guys just like go to college and fish? Like, are you guys into, into what's going on in the industry at all the different levels and following the BPT and the pro circuits and the opens and the elite series? Or is this what, where do you guys stand as far as how closely you follow it? I follow the elites more than anything. Yeah. I'm the same way. I follow bass. I follow the opens and the elites more than I follow MLF. I don't really follow MLF too much. I kind of look at it, but not like I do bass. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations. First of all, there's a, uh, hundreds and hundreds of schools. And I think there's probably thousands of teams now uh, across the country. And you guys are the national champions. Uh, it's been, what is today? Today is Wednesday, September 14th. It's been 10 days, 10 days since you're up there. And if I, if I remember watching it and seeing some of the scene, it was like packed. It was like college game day like at the weigh-ins on that, like as far as it could see. I want you guys to walk through that final day on Winyah Bay and weighing in on that and winning the national championship. You guys can like build off of each other, talk, but I'm going to give you guys the floor. And for someone who has never seen it, doesn't understand it, what was it like on that final day to get the trophy? Well, um, we blasted off boat number one as we were in the lead, and we had about a 65-mile ride one way, so 130-mile round trip generally every day. So um, we were going up North Santee River, no secret, and um, right about Wadmacon, the boats that passed us and got in front of us kind of turned off. So then I knew right then I was like, man, we got – well, we've had where we were to ourselves, but it just put a little more confidence in me that we had it for another day. So once we got up there and started fishing, we were, I won't say we're running out of fish, but the fish that were willing to bite were kind of getting, getting slim. So we knew we'd have to really grind them out. And I mean, what, we had a limit, what time we get our catch our limit by? 12. Yeah, 12. It took us a while to get a limit, but I mean, we were catching, we were getting a bit like once an hour probably. We probably had seven bites on Sunday and we only put five of them in the boat. 
And did one you of dump them before you had a limit? Like, did you or did you dump them right off the bat, or did you get five and then lose one? Because I always freak out if I know it's a tough bite and I already lose one, and like, dang, now I got to catch six. I think it was we caught before. three. I think, I think we was, caught three, yeah. and then I lost like a four pounder in a tree oh. top. And uh, after that, it took us forever to get another bite. Yeah, and I caught one that was like twelve inches, and we couldn't get a bite after that. And that was it. But, I mean, the bark was real slow, and then on the way back, we left a little bit early because the water was falling out a little bit lower than I liked. I just didn't want to get stuck up there. So um, we started coming back a little bit early, and I had some spots on the lower end that I wanted to fish. But the water was already down to, like, it was at, I think it was at, like, 1.5, 1.4 Jamestown, which is pretty low. And there's sandbars we have to get back and go across. So I was running the sandbars and like I was running how I was supposed to, but across the river, there was a little spot I wanted to fish that was a little bit deeper, but there was like a certain run you had to go across to get to it. And man, it was windy. I was tired. I was just beat from three, from a whole full week of fishing. And I took the wrong one and I oh, beat no. boat on a sandbar. Like, Wait, this is coming back on day. championship day. Coming yeah, back, back on championship day. And you have four fish in the box no, and one of them's a 12 inch oh you had five but but yeah. one of them's a 12 inch call that 12 incher and so you beat like, your boat on a sandbar yeah we were in like four inches of water it was 100 percent my fault but what what time was that it was 12 30 yeah, it was probably 12 30 12 45 no i was later than that how far away are you from the ramp we were probably about we probably had about a 30 40 40 minute ride back to the oh ramp. dude was it like total chaos then because you guys you're, well, we were freaking out. Yeah, we were You're like, in a pickle. I was shaking my head, cussing. But so how'd you get off the sandbar? Well, I called Glenn, and I was like, I had to check with the rules tournament. and everything to make sure that we could get out the boat. I was pretty sure as long as we weren't pushing two fish, you can get out the boat. Then yeah. Glenn confirmed that. So we got out the boat, and it took us like 30, 45 minutes to push my boat off that sandbar and put it back into deep water. And then yeah. we had to idle for a little while until we found deep enough water to put yeah. the boat back. And then we had to run over another sandbar. Yeah, so we still weren't through all of them. But once we got over, we were kind of relaxed. But, I mean, we were still 10, 10 15 minutes early yeah. to weigh in. So, so I mean, you it all worked out. So you for a second that it was done. Like, you guys yeah. were screwed. Yeah. yeah. We thought we were, but. We were pretty nervous about it. That's but. crazy. So you made yep. it back. Did you even make another cast or were you guys just like, we're well, all the way back. back. We had, I think we had like five minutes and I stopped like a couple miles down the river at a ditch mouth. We made like five casts a piece and then we left. <laughs> yep. Wow. Did you guys have a camera boat with you at that time? No, no. they broke off. They put in at Jamestown. So, so you guys they, were all by yourself. Yeah, yes. we were all by ourselves. So we with a winning bag of fish in the boat, made a wrong turn and beached yourself in the, on low tide yeah that's a heck of a story i didn't know that yeah, it was pretty rough we yeah, were, we were screaming and yelling trying to push the boat yeah we were just man i don't even know like, <laughs> you never running like it wasn't an aluminum boat it was like a fiberglass right yeah i got a 20 foot ranger and uh if you never push one across the sandbar or in about four inches of water it's it'll get to you yeah how old are you guys 21 were you feeling it the next day? Like, were you sore after doing all that pushing? Or just like back? Yes, for sure. That's why we went, when we went upstage, we didn't have no shoes on and everybody was giving us crap for it, but he lost a croc and I wasn't going to let him, Yeah, I wasn't going to let him walk up on stage barefoot by himself. Wow. I didn't know that part of it. So that's yep. pretty heady to, have you gotten stuck like that before? Is this something that you knew or no, is this the, the very first, first time? First I've been up there a thousand times and that's the first for me. Did you think you had a one when you came back? I mean, you had a, you you had a decent uh, cushion over uh, Jackson and and Seth from Florida Gateway College. That's a new college for me. I'd not heard of Florida Gateway College before, uh, but you had they had thirty seven, thirteen, and forty two. Did they do a good job of making sure you guys didn't peek in each other's bags, or was it were you guys we, like we were talking to everyone? Yeah, we were. They were it was pretty cool. They we were talking and um. What's his name that was checking the fish? Mm, I, forget, I don't know. But he was checking all the fish, and I was, like, peeking in all everybody's bags because he was just leaving them wide open, so everybody was looking. And, I mean, I was – I don't know. I was still nervous. 
Like, how could you not be? Yeah, but when it was just us back there getting ready to weigh, and he's like, you need eight pounds. And I was like, all right, we got eight pounds. And we just fist bumped, yeah. and we're like, we did it. It's pretty cool. Well, it w- was it – what ca- campus was it at? It was downtown Georgetown. Yeah, we were on okay. Front Street. Okay. And w- am I wrong there? Was there not, like, a thousand people out there just going nuts? I don't want to say there was a thousand, but I mean, we had, there was a good bit of people there. Yeah. I mean, I'm from here. So like a lot of my local friends, family were here and then a ton of his family. Yeah. I live two and a half hours from Coastal and Georgetown. So we had a lot of family come too. All right. I would say what, five, 600 people? Or is that too many? No, it looked there was a lot of people. There. Yeah, there was a lot of people. Uh, Georgetown did a really good job. Yeah. I mean. The tournament that they put on and like blast off weighing and everything was like it was hands down probably the best venue that we've ever fished at for sure. You guys kind of went into this thing and and based on the article that I read, like I said, that's the first time I've talked to you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. It's easy to root for you guys. Uh, but you like you did everything you could to get to this tournament because you expected to to be in the mix when it all was said and done, right? Like this is not like a uh, out of nowhere like this is your jam you knew you'd be competitors and probably all the other kids were like oh, i wonder what andrew and, and connor are going to do in this one Mm-mm. well really i'm about to say not a lot of people like know who we are like where we're from so like i wasn't really too worried about that but we didn't know it was going to be at winyaw bay until we were going we were to heading, saginaw heading, yeah, heading to saginaw bay michigan so we already fished norman and arkansas we were just trying to qualify so um because we qualified last year and we didn't do, we came like middle of the pack and, you know, everybody wants another shot at it. So we were just trying to qualify. And then what, probably like two weeks before Saginaw is when we found out. And I was like, Connor, I was yeah. like, dude, I was like, we, I don't care if you don't want to go. I said, we're going. Yeah. I said, if we don't qualify there, so we're going to Logan Martin too. Yeah. We didn't qualify at Saginaw. We went straight to Logan Martin after the Saginaw tournament. We got there at like, seven o'clock at night and then we put the boat in the water and we fished for like two hours and then practice. we slept in the yeah. truck that night because we didn't have a hotel room so we slept in the back of the truck i got a camper show on my truck and the derby started the next day Mm-mm. no we had a full week of practice yeah, oh, so we, okay. had, yeah we had like five days of practice all right so i mean you guys are coastal carolina you're going to michigan arkansas north carolina alabama does uh does Coastal help it all with that, or is this like, is this like just you guys? It's we have um, sponsors who mm-hmm. people we know own business, and they'll sponsor us and fund us. But a majority of the payments came out of pocket. Like hotels were paid for, but gas it pretty much came out of our pocket. Gas and oil for his boat, it was all out of pocket. That's rough at four fifty. Yeah, gallon, I did yeah, I kept up with everything. That full triangle we made, I left my house in Merle's Inlet, went to Saginaw, then Logan Martin, and back to Merle's Inlet. It was a total of like $2,500. It was like $2,500 that we spent in fuel. And it was like 400 and I think it was around 440 gallons of fuel that we burned in the boat and truck in that two week span. And that was when gas was like peaking, especially in Michigan. It was like 520 a gallon or something like that. It was insane. Yeah, that's not fun. I was trying to run around and do the opens during it, and I was like, dang, let's go find a launch ramp a little closer yeah. to where I want to run yeah. to it instead of fill it. Um, did the, has the university done anything since the win in the last, like, 10 days? Is any – like, I know you guys have to have, like, a sponsor or someone that, like, is the – because you're considered – are you considered a club sport at yes, Coastal? You have, like, parades or recognized f- football games or anything? They posted us on the Instagram, and they've reached out. The president reached out. We're meeting with him this Thursday. But other than that, yeah, other than that, I mean, we've been congratulated, but we'll see what we do. You guys, what's your, what's the, what's the Coastal Carolina little newspaper called? You guys should be on the cover of that. You guys don't have like a campus newspaper? I think so. If so, I don't know about it. Probably. Like I went to OU and there was always like the Sooner News and then like at the beginning you'd always see it'd be like Tri-Delts, throw a great party. And then like there'd be like sports and all that stuff and we had like the fishing club on the cover of it a couple times. So, all right. Uh, so let's go through what you actually get. So you guys you guys got a 
it was it a scholarship or is it just like cash money that you guys split or does it go into the club fund or it was like 10k right it was, it was five yeah it was five. five grand that they split and just wrote a checkout straight to me and connor okay so that covered all of your forays across the country doing it and then yeah. a bunch of different uh a bunch of different uh product and things that you'll get a lovely 1099 for uh but the the big thing here aside from the national championship is you guys um well the classic field is is virtually set for the Bassmaster Elite Series. It depends. There's three Bassmaster Opens left. Uh, it depends on if there's any double qualifiers, if guys fish all of those on on who's going to be in it. But I think we're down to like the Weekend Series guy and maybe the Bass Nation champion and the College Series angler. Uh, so there's there's like 15 guys on earth who have a chance to qualify for the Knoxville Classic right now. And I'm, I'm looking at two of them right now. That's yeah. got to be pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it's exciting for sure. I mean, we're just kind of anxious to get there. I mean, we don't get but one day of practice, and then we have the seed day. So, I mean, that's kind of like a day of practice, but kind of not. Um, I'm just that? excited to be there. It's at Greenwood. What kind of fishing is that? It's spot and largemouth. Big right? spots and good largemouth in there, too. Okay, so what they'll do is they take the top five teams or three teams? Three top three teams so you have six anglers i'm assuming you guys team of the year as well oh so eight anglers yes sir i'm assuming you guys will be the one and two seed since you won the national championship no there's a seed day so on seed day which is friday we all go out and whoever catches the biggest bag is number one seed and like so on i gotcha so they'll seed you one through eight and then you match up one eight two seven three six and four five Exactly. And then you move on until the final day, and then you end up with uh, Jordan Lee, uh, Matt Lee, uh, Andrew Upshaw, but uh, uh, John Garrett, any of those guys, all those guys that you that are legends in collegiate bass fishing. Is that like you guys already got nerves on that? I mean, dude, you're fishing like bracket style. On is it? It's on Bass Live, right? It's on Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Fox Sports. Oh, okay, so you're fishing bracket style on FS1 to go to the Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's pretty cool. Did you guys see Knoxville, Tennessee's Classic when it was there a couple years ago? In oh, 19, yeah. I think? Yeah, Dude, it was, it was cool. like, there was like 10,000 people at Takeoff. Yeah, it was huge. Who won that? Was it the show? Yeah. That? Yeah, that was Otter's Classic. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was crazy, like... I don't know, thinking about it, that we have, like, the opportunity, like, it's cool that Bachelor, like, does that and helps us out in that way, like, give us exposure. Because, like, even if you don't win, being on live TV, fishing is still, like, you know, that's next level. Yeah. So the team of the year, then, is, uh, I don't even know how to spell that. L-A-F-E? Laf? Leif? Leaf? It's UNC Charlotte. Yeah, but it's Leaf Messer. I think Michael Figaro, 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 and then you guys, Jackson Swisher and Seth Slanker from Florida Gateway, and then the guys who finished third would be Tyler Christie and Trey Sh- Schroeder. Yes. So one of you guys will be in the Bassmaster Classic. One of. You get, did you get a? Did you guys get like matching trophies and stuff? I remember when I fished, we were fishing for a paddle back in college, a big giant paddle. Then we got we ended up tying for second. We got third. We lost the tiebreaker. I was I was talking to Connor beforehand about it. I'm just still bitter about that, even though it was 15 years ago. Uh, but I just got like a tiny little plaque. What did you guys end up getting? We a got yeah. It's pretty much the blue trophy you get for winning at like the open, except it was black. But it was really cool. We're at school right now. We should have brought one of them. I told you guys to bring one. Yeah. At least you got matching ones. All right. Uh. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you guys are good, right? I know, like, I walk into the studio at 7.30, and Connor's, like, sitting there, and I'm like, whoa, he's on he's on an hour and 30 minutes early. Didn't see the central time next to it, so I want to make sure you guys are good as far as class time. What's your majors, by the way? We're both sociology majors. Okay. Uh, you guys are good class time for a break. I want to come back. I want to get kind of, uh, I want to get kind of your uh, thoughts on – where you guys go from here, what your plans are for the industry, what your kind of style is is fishing, and and I want to talk to you a little bit about your thoughts on collegiate fishing. 
where it is right now in the whole grand scheme of the industry. You good with that? Yes, sir. Right, we're good. All right. It is BTL on a Wednesday talking to the Bass, the Strike King Bassmaster College Series National Champions from Coastal Carolina. We'll be back right after this on BTL. Your key to better fishing this season is Elite FS, now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99, and we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart, our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Lorenz sonar, from chirp, side-scan, and down-scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. We're just about ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Get in order. Once again, Drew Cook is in the driver's seat. When you're catching fish for a living, you can't let a little cold, rain, heat, humidity, or anything else get in the way of a payday. I wear AFCO. Any fish, any water. The KVD 100 Jerkbait. 15 different colors. A perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability. 3D eyes. Premium black nickel hooks. KVD. Tie one on. Striking lures. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Wednesday talking with Andrew Vereen and Connor Cartmel from Coastal Carolina University. What is a Shanta Chanticleer? Chicken yeah, or like rooster? A, like a rooster. It's there in the Gamecock. Okay. What made you guys go there? Like, as if you guys been like lifelong Chanticleer fans, like Coastal Carolina or Bust, or was it the fishing program? Or maybe went, it was I, I, sorority I row. Came, I don't know. I came here. I came here for marine science. Really? That was, that was my main deal, and um. I'm not good at math. I didn't know how hard the math was going to be, and I ended up having to switch to sociology with a criminology minor. Dude, I was going to be a fisheries biologist, and then I got uh, introduced to chemistry and changed to communications yes. pretty quickly. Yes. That's so how I was. feel you. I feel you right there. Yes. How about you, Andrew? Uh, see, I, uh, I live like 30 minutes down the road in Merle's Inlet, and 
I never really planned on going to college, but then I saw when I started high school fishing, and I was like, all right, I kind of further my education. So I went to college, started fishing, and Coast Carolina. I was the only school I applied to. I didn't really plan to go anywhere else. I just wanted to be right down the road from the house. So, you know, I got a shop, keep my boat in, and then all the fishing and stuff I do around here. So you're basically in college because of high school fishing. Yeah, high school fishing really kind of introduced me into it a lot more. Because I really didn't start, like, bass fishing, bass fishing, like, seriously, until I was, like, 14, probably. Okay. How about you, uh, fishing-wise, Connor? Like, are you, has this been a lifelong deal for you? Mm-mm. I didn't really start tournament fishing until I met him three years ago, so freshman year. Who are the, uh, who's, like, the... Jacob Wheelers and Polonix of collegiate fishing right now? Like, who are the, are there like some teams that you're always, that everyone's always like looking for? Like, is there a Jordan Lee of collegiate fishing right now in your guys' opinion? University of Montevallo. Yes. They are freaking sticks. They always really? catch them. That's the school. Is uh, uh, yeah, the school. Bethel, yes. is Bethel still pretty strong? They were strong. They had like a run of like a bunch yeah, of guys who good. like left early for the draft, so to speak. I don't know. I mean, I, they had one team, I think, one or two teams in the, in the top national 12. championship, and then one in the top, or the top 12. But I know Montevallo is – every tournament they got, like, at least 10 to a dozen boats and five of them are in the top 20. Every wow. Time, it it seems – it seems like there's a handful of schools that have really, really good support uh, funding. And then there's some that are, you know, supported, have independent. And then there's some that like the school doesn't even know they exist and they're completely on their own. Is that fair to say now that there's a massive discrepancy in schools between support, both, you know, I guess notoriety and financially and just you're on your own in this entire endeavor? Yeah, yeah for sure. Because so. a lot of schools now offer scholarships. And it's mostly the smaller schools like your Montevallo's or Bethel's, Bryan, stuff like that. They're able to fish under scholarship. Everything's paid for. Whereas smaller schools like us, um, we don't really have much paid for. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'll start with you, Andrew. This is what you want to do for your career? Is this Is this a giant step in a professional bass fishing occupation? I mean, 100%, it would be something that, you know, everybody who college fish, I'm sure that's their dream is to professional fish. But, like, I personally still have a lot to learn when it comes to, like, electronics and offshore fishing, deep water fishing, because that's just not what I'm used to. Like, around here, I'm a bank beater. I'm a shallow water fisherman. Every lake I go to, I want to be in three foot of water or less. So, I'm anxious to see kind of how the bracket goes. I think I'll be able to get away with my style of fishing due to it being the transition the fall time of the year. But um, I definitely would like to pursue it, but I think I'm going to have to fish kind of like co a little bit in the opens, depending on how the bracket goes, and really um, try to absorb as much as I can and learn as much as I can before I really make that jump myself and put my money into traveling. So I feel like the bracket doesn't go as planned, and I'll probably have like, three or four years of like fishing co and then like kind of just like traveling around and trying to get used to fishing not a way that I'm used to. So there's a lot of learning that I still have to do. And I've learned so much this year with Connor. I mean, just the lakes that we travel to offshore fishing and trying to get used to stuff like that. So what's been the toughest thing to wrap your head around so far going to these new lakes? I have a hard time. Like I'm getting pretty good at reading my graphs. So I can find brush piles, cane piles. I can tell like fish, but I have a hard time setting up on it. So like I don't have live scope or the 360. So I have a hard time setting up on it, getting the right angle and catching the fish off of it. You mean you won a tournament without any sort of forward facing? So yeah, that's impossible. You can't win a turn. You can't catch a fish without forward facing sonar. Now (laughs) you definitely can, but I mean, it's, it's tough, especially. (laughs) That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, and if you got if one of you wins the bracket, don't you get full entries and a boat and all that into the opens for next year? Are they still doing that deal? You get yeah, a so boat and a truck for a year. Because so yeah, uh, Tristan McCormick's got it now. He's always rolling around. He's a he's another Bethel guy. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Didn't he come and talk to you guys at the national championship too? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, I've yeah, gotten to know him a little bit over the years. He's a good dude. He's real fishy. Yeah. He's around it a lot. He hangs out around the right guys. He, he can catch them. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Connor, what about you? What are your? Does this change uh, your goals? Are you like, holy cow, are you learning new stuff every single day now that you've been thrust in the national championship spotlight? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Andrew said. I mean, I still have a lot to learn. I haven't really done this for that long. Um, I didn't know how to tie a lead or not until last year when we went to St. Lawrence. I mean, so there's still a bunch to learn. I don't even have a boat either. So, like I said, just a lot to learn and a lot of. Have you ever ran a boat before? Like, have you ever been like? Oh yes, sir. I have a boat back home. Oh, okay. Okay, I just to make sure. I didn't know if they're just going to send you out there, pat you on the back, and say best of luck. I I grew up on a boat, but just not a bass boat. Okay, so saltwater stuff. Uh, more more so just striper fishing. That's Fresh big water. out there on the East Coast. Like when I go to Hartwell and stuff, man, everyone has a center console and loves to go down there and striper fish and mm-hmm. hybrid fish. Yep. That's, that's fun stuff. That's what I grew up doing with my dad, striper fishing. All right. So uh, how did you guys catch your fish? You mentioned bush. So it was just like flipping, grimy, heavy line, boat flip everything or in the national mm-hmm. championship? No, not really. We were uh, – once we kind of hooked up, I mean – way we were fishing was way on the upper in North Santee River. So there's rock piles and like rock runs that run all the way across the river that you have to watch out for, especially when the water's that low. So once we got up there, I mean, we're fishing two foot of water. It's like two foot of water pretty much everywhere up there, except on some of the corners and stuff. There's little runs that are, that'll be 10, 12 foot deep. But, um, I mean, pretty much we were just like using our eyes and the water was decently clean. So we were fishing stumps and treetops and just big laydowns that were just out anywhere from the edge of the river all the way to, to the middle of the river. We would just fan cast like a big, he threw an honest stick. I threw a popper. I also threw a Bagley Bangalore. So topwater. Topwater. Yeah. You won a national championship on topwater. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, that is, that is like it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I think I caught – Three or four fish on a worm. Yeah, Other than that, that, everything else was on on top water. Huh. Uh, so I started. Uh, I, I I I'm old, guys. I'm really old. Like it hurts when I, it's. I'm 38 now. But I remember when I started this. So I started. I interned BassZone.com. I was 21 or 22 actually, and I started with Mark Jeffries. That's how I got into this whole industry. I've been in it ever since. It's now career. Uh, but I remember being in that situation, in your situation, what are your, what do you want to do? There's tons of different jobs in the industry. Now you can look at, at, at guys who have, have fished and are professional anglers are on the marketing side are independent contractors are running, uh, uh, running different parts of companies and organizations now like is is this something you want to do for a career do you guys have have i know we talked about the fishing side but you mentioned it seemed like you have your head on your shoulders about the reality of how hard that is is it something you want to kind of break into the industry and be in this industry or you guys have career plans and then just fish on the side if if the fishing thing doesn't go as planned well i i don't have any like set plans for like what i'm gonna do so, like, I'm still I'm an open book, you know, and just kind of kind of roll with it, kind of see, because, like, I definitely winning the national championship opens a lot of doors for us. Yeah. And, like, getting us out there. So, I mean, I kind of want to see where that goes. Like, I graduate in December. So, I don't know if I would like to stay in the fishing industry and get What a are job. your strengths? Yeah. Sell, sell yourself right now. What are your strengths? What do you think you're good at? What are I'm you good at talking. I'm good at talking. I can talk all day. Okay. I would like to think like a marketing side would be something that I could do or like, like traveling places and representing a company. Yeah. Talking about baits. Cause like I said, I like to talk. I like people. So I feel like that's my strength. All right. Connor. Um, I've always wanted to work for DNR. That's been a goal of mine for, I don't know how long, but if a opportunity comes in the fishing industry, of course I'll take it. Um, I don't know what my strength is, but. Yeah, you'll figure it out. I I do have a a, a sponsorship question. Um, 
I have survived multiple weeks at a time eating the three-piece chicken combo from Bojangles, specifically on the James River. It's the only thing I ate for a week, as you can tell now. But uh, do you guys get free Bojangles and you get to hang out with Guy Eaker? No. No. They don't bring us no free food. We got Come on, man. No, I wish. No, uh, any of the any uh, any of the sponsors that you do want to give a shout out to for for their support for you guys. I know it's a it's a big thing, smaller or large too. Like I remember we had Terminator and they like just sent us all these spinner baits and we were like, holy cow, we just got free spinner baits back in college. And then we also had I remember we were the first school to ever get spawned. You guys probably don't even you guys have heard of Bassaholics mm-hmm. out of California. It was like uh, let me see how to explain this. It was like. So, like I said, I, I've been around a while. It was affliction, affliction style, like our American fighter style shirts. You know what those are? You guys are out there with the Crocs and short shorts and broke the the flare back deals. But in Oklahoma, affliction was big back then, except it said bassaholics instead of affliction. It was like all sorts of skulls and bass and stuff. So that was our like big break into the sponsor game at OU. You guys got anyone you want to shout out? Definitely Lawrence. I mean, they help us out tremendously. And then Sunline, they help us out a bunch too, and their line is rock solid. And I would like to also shout out, I mean, Strike King and Lose yeah. just really re-supported us again, and they're, they're helping us out in a big way. And then Calico Custom Lures is a custom lure company out of Arkansas, and all their stuff is made pretty legit. And they'll make whatever you want. Very so, nice, yeah. Uh it was Carhartt for such a long time, and it was really good to see another major company step up and sponsor uh, the Bassmaster College Series this year with Strike King taking it over as the uh, as the title sponsor. And I know those guys, I actually got a, a call from the head marketing guy at Strike King. I was like, man, these guys who won are really good dudes. you have any interest in getting them on the show? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, dude, like you're turning heads. People are noticing it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. always the plan. All right. Anything else you want to get in here before I let you guys go? Appreciate you having us. Yeah, we appreciate you having us and having us on the show. Good luck at the uh, at the bracket challenge. Like, there's very few times in life outside of like a ath- athletic endeavors when you're in high school where you get the adrenaline pumping, where you get like a make or break moment in life that. Like, I, I remember saying, like, I will remember this the rest of my life. Like, that idling out, feeling that chance. You guys have those memories already with the national championship. But every single day in this bracket and being in the position that you're in, man, take it in, enjoy it, soak it in. You'll be telling kids, grandkids stuff about that for the rest of your lives, regardless of how it turns out. So, Yeah, we're definitely excited. Just kind of anxious to get there and get it started. I mean, got to enjoy every moment, win or lose. I mean, it's an honor to be there get the opportunity to actually fish that so good stuff very impressive andrew vereen connor carmel congratulations on your striking Bassmaster college series national championship on winya bay and we will be watching uh watching the bracket watching the bracket go down one-on-one uh, do you guys want to go up against each other do you not want to go up against each other no i personally would rather not go up against connor. i think the best bet at least for the first round, is to not go up against each other. Because if we go against each other in the first round, then, I mean, it just kicks Coastal Carolina out. That makes sense. So, or at least half the team. Yeah. The goal is to keep Coastal all the way in the top as long as we can. Yeah. So. yeah, it's always weird to watch that. Sometimes it works out to where it was, you know, it it's not. But then sometimes you get, like, best friends and brothers and teammates. And yeah. we'll see how it is. It is what it is. It's like, hey, congratulations. Now go beat each other. Yeah, but there's really right. no other way around it. I I, I think uh, there's been a lot of discussion as to who should and shouldn't be in the Bassmaster Classic. Uh, there's been upwards of five uh, uh, Bass Federation Nation anglers, one from each division. We've had a, a women's angler. We have weekend series. We've had uh, a different number of opens anglers. Um, but I really like starting, I believe, in 2012 uh, when Andrew Upshaw was the first uh, collegiate angler to represent college bass in the Classic. I think it's really good uh, that there is a college angler in the Classic representing that demographic. And you guys and, and the generations before you and the generations coming up have, have proven and shown the skill level and talent that deserves for one of those anglers uh, to fish in the Bassmaster Classic every year. So good luck, guys. Hopefully I'm watching one of you in uh, in the Bassmaster Classic 
in uh, next it. spring. All, All right. right. Thank see you. See you. Have fun at class. How's it going? All right. There you go. Uh, I'm a little, little bit jealous of those guys. They got a lot of a lot of cool stuff uh, up ahead of them, and I think that they'll uh, I think they'll be able to really uh, take advantage of that opportunity. They both seem like they have their heads screwed on really straight and, and understand the realities of fishing uh, at this level. Uh, talking about you know wanting to get a co-angler, getting more experience in realizing what you're weak at, realizing what your strengths are, uh, and that's got to be hard as a uh, as a 21 year old who just won a national championship and lifted up those trophies. So we're going to take our final break of the day. When we come back, talk about what we have coming up the rest of the week. Uh, and next week, BTL on a Wednesday, we'll be back right after this. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. The new Android series is the peak of the Denali lineup and offers the ultimate Denali experience. The Android series features 36-ton multi-directional graphite combined with interlock blank technology for added strength. Each rod is outfitted with royal titanium guides that will not fail. The blank is fitted into an easy-touch, soft-feel EVA foam grip with exposed blank reel seat. This all allows the Android to transmit every movement of your bait and even the most subtle bites. The Android series is the finest rod Denali has ever made and offers an angler the ultimate fishing experience with a limited lifetime warranty. See the full lineup of Android rods at DenaliRods.com. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim-On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad just a really different looking color for a crankbait so you want to give them a little different look that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with all these colors are available in the original little john and the md combining one of the most popular hook styles with gamakatsu's beefier superline offering the gamakatsu superline offset round bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The Round Bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, and 5-0, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. All right, wrapping things up here on a Wednesday with BTL. A uh, little college action. One of the things that I meant to get to yesterday uh, when we had Bradley Hallman on the show was the uh, Elite Series schedule for 2023. We're not able to get that, so I figured we would run through that 
uh, now at the end of the show. It actually came out uh, at the very end of August, beginning of September, uh, was away fishing the open uh, and at a media event when it came out. So uh, thought it was a very interesting schedule, uh, particularly the the last third of it. Um, starts out back-to-back events on Florida-ish fisheries, uh, Okeechobee and Seminole. Uh, no St. John's River, which seems to be a, a popular stop for the Elite Series. So Okeechobee uh, and Seminole back-to-back weeks. Uh, we got a lot of back-to-back events uh, this year, which I feel is something that Bass uh, probably listened to the anglers about. I know right now in the middle of the open schedule, six trips to their five trips to the East Coast and a trip to uh, Florida, not it's chaos as far as miles driven and trying to uh trying to make that work logistically so february 16th and 19th and 23rd through 26th okeechobee and seminal potential there depending on when they hit it 80 90 pounds possibly 100 pounds i know that the century belt uh got broken three times this year i believe i don't think we're gonna yeah we might see that that's okeechobee has potential uh, then you have the classic in March, but then back to back to back events uh, in South Carolina. April 20th through 23rd could be a spawning slug fest on Lake Murray, uh, Blueback Lake that that uh, there's a lot of history on. The Elite Series has been there. There's been a, a Forest Wood Cup there in the past. Uh, and then Santee Cooper, uh, we all uh, have seen what has gone down on Santee Cooper the past couple years, uh, repeat uh, for the Elite Series the last couple years that they've been there. Uh, we get uh, Lay Lake in Alabama. There's been a couple uh, Bassmaster Classics that have come out of there. Spotted Bass, Big Largemouth could play. Uh, this one is the, uh, you know, you got Santee, it's going to be good. Murray's going to be good. Seminole, Okeechobee, Lay. This is the bring them back down to earth tournament and it's june first through fourth uh sabine river man man that'll be a barn burner scorching hot snakes i don't know if they figured out the issues with land rights in louisiana there if they can still only fish one side of the river in texas uh but that's gonna be your grinding tournament that's where Bill Lowen and John Cox and whoever is going to get healthy there at Santee and Lay and the Sabine to survive murderer's row of northern smallmouth fisheries. Uh, I would have liked to have seen potentially an off-the-wall smallmouth fishery uh, put in here. Uh like a Michigan or an Erie. It's been a while since I've been to Erie. We saw how good uh, the MPFL did out of Sandusky. It's been forever since we've seen the Elite Series go out of Buffalo, but I think you're hedging your bets as far as weather and being able to get four days in. So they go back to St. Clair, July 27th through 30th. That's at 90-plus pounds to win that. Then they go August 17th through 20th, Lake Champlain, that's going to be 80 pounds. Uh, we've seen the smallmouth play a predominant role there most recently. And then finishing things up August 24th through 27th, Clayton, New York on the St. Lawrence River. It is officially becoming, uh, it's like the Yankee Stadium of the Elite Series is what I would say now. It's like the the standard stop on the Elite Series. I don't know how many years uh, are left on, on that contract that they signed uh, up there or where yeah, it's going out of Clayton. Uh, so that depending on uh, what we end up with, Jay Shakurit's record could be in jeopardy there. I would not uh, want to have to fish against Corey Johnson after what he said after the uh, 100 pounds. He's going to be a beast there to beat, and so is Chris and a handful of other guys. So uh, a solid, very solid schedule for 2023 for the uh, Elite Series. You've got a, a really good spotted bass lake in there. Uh, you've got a couple mixed fisheries in uh, Champlain uh, and the Tennessee River for the classic, obviously. You've got a couple big fish fisheries in Santee, Seminole, uh, and Okeechobee, and you've got a grinder fishery in the Sabine River. Uh, I think those guys are going to like a lot of those back-to-backs. They can just go out, get, it, get the, the, the back-to-back done, and then move on with their lives. So overall, not a... Not a uh, 
I, w- I mean, I wouldn't say it's like one of the crazy schedules that everyone's like, holy cow, look what we got coming up. But it's a very good, very solid schedule for the Elite Series in 2023. Like I said at the beginning, uh, I think you're going to see open schedules. I think you're going to see uh, MLF schedules on the other side for a lot of the divisions coming out in the next couple weeks. So tomorrow we are back with another uh, live day four with the man, Frank Scalish, uh, and he's going to be... Uh, dropping some knowledge as we transition from the spring to the fall. So that was it. A little college feel, a little information feel on today's show Wednesday. We will talk to everyone tomorrow for day four with Frank Scalish. We'll see you then.